Hey everybody, welcome to podcast number four for uh, Once Upon a Time in Texas. So, uh, as always, this is sponsored by uh, the mortgage company I work with, Miracle Mortgage, right here in Wichita Falls. Remember, we can do mortgages anywhere in the state of Texas. You can Google Miracle Mortgage or you can find me specifically at themichaelmitchell.com. So today I'm doing a little something different. Um, told you all I've been talking about bringing guests in and so today I'm bringing in a guest and we're gonna talk a little bit about some of the misconceptions that people have um, basically from around the world and around the country uh, about Texas especially if they're moving here uh, a lot of them are kind of fun and a lot of them uh, are just a little different and so you know so here we go so I'm just gonna introduce my guest here so my first guest ever on this podcast is Debbie Dobbins. Woohoo! Woohoo! So, Debbie, tell me a little bit about what you do, all that kind of stuff. Oh my gosh, I'll take up the whole podcast if I tell you the things that I do. Well, keep so, it short. Basically, um, so I'm a, I call myself a real estate entrepreneur, basically, because at the end of the day, it's all things real estate. I also am a community ambassador for Wichita Falls because I love it here. And um, I've lived in Texas twice now, so I have all kinds of stories to tell you about the misconceptions from one California girl moving to the great state of Texas. All right, so back up there again, where did you say you grew up? I grew up, I was born and raised California. I wasn't one of those transplants to California either. Uh, I was one of those people saying, if you're not from California, get the hell out. Now I'm from Texas saying to Californians, get the hell out. But you know, it's just one of those things that wherever you're born, and there's a bumper sticker uh, that is in Texas that says, I wasn't born here, but I got here as soon as I damn could. Now, I added the damn, but the fact is, is that people that come here say that all the time because a lot of times they did come from California and they want to get the heck out. Agreed, agreed. So um, I think you knew, I I was born in Oklahoma right. and lived there until- On I was, my condolences. Yeah, right. So mm -hmm. I was in Oklahoma and lived there until I was about 10. and. Uh, my wife, who was born in Midland, Texas, likes to remind me all the time that I'm not a true Texan. Yeah. Even though people ask me where I grew up, and I consider Texas where I grew up, um, you know, because we moved here when I was 10. And so, uh, anyway, but my wife was born here, and both my kids were born here. So, mm -hmm. now, let me ask you on the community ambassador stuff, and then we're going to get into some of these misconceptions. The community ambassador, tell me about how you are an ambassador for Wichita Falls specifically, but also just kind of for Texas as a whole. So what are things that you do? Well, the first thing that I did was a happy accident, actually. I started this group called Wichita Whispers, and it just turned into this bohemoth community group, and it just is an opportunity or a platform to really share about Wichita Falls. And from there, then I started a YouTube channel. So I've got a YouTube channel called Your Wichita Falls that I talk about all things Wichita Falls. And frankly, most people that know me know that I gush, literally, I gush over Wichita Falls. I almost make myself a little nauseous sometimes. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I'm here doing anything and everything on a regular basis. I'm just one person, so it's not as if I'm making, um, uh, like an impact of a huge nonprofit, or although I did start a nonprofit, but anything I can do to help the community, to support the community, to raise money for nonprofits for the community, there's all kinds of ways that that happens as well. And it, I try to stay away from the political landscape because it's just, honestly, I think it's a little boring. But at the end of the day, I'm here to raise up this community in any way that I can. And also, that's a self-assigned uh, moniker so I don't have uh, the chamber saying that that's what I do. I don't have the 
mayor saying that i'm just here saying that about myself because i truly believe that that's one of my roles in this community that's awesome so wichita falls ambassador and i'm kind of the wichita falls doofus because i just uh oh. i've done all the goofy stuff I that's guess. Right. yeah <laughs> so all right and so and i'm an admin on wichita whisper mm-hmm. so i know the question to this but my my fives of listeners on here mm-hmm. so far uh, may not know, so are we talking two or 3,000 people on Wichita Whispers? How many people are we talking in the last couple of years? Uh, well, this morning, um, because I'm, I always notice when it turns over 1,000. So we're 10 members away from 24,000. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's been, that's been a pretty incredible group. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's not just people from Wichita Falls. Like, there are tons of people from around the world and country that have joined right. Wichita Whispers because they either lived here mm-hmm. through Shepherd Air Force Base they drove through here once. They've got family members here. Like Wichita Falls is a pretty pivotal town. It's a really pivotal town. And I share that on a lot of my uh, videos on the YouTube channel that this is a magical place. I know that people that have lived here their whole lives may not even understand that, but it truly is a magical place. We've got lots of history. Um, I've done videos on the first bank robbery at Gidgets. I've done it on our um, uh, smallest skyscraper. I just did one. I just uh, loaded up one yesterday on the Red Draw. So if you know anything about beer, I'm not a beer drinker, but beer and tomato juice, which I've never had one. It's a thing. I know it's a thing, but it was started here. Varel. So this is the home, and you know, the um, Carrot um, um, Bistro was the original Zales jewelry store. Mm -hmm. There's so much history, literally. The falls, the whole story of the falls is just... Oh yeah, don't give that away. That's going to be a podcast I know, but you later. can't, I'm just going to say, you can't make some of this stuff up. You right. can't make up the story about the falls. You can't make up the story about the first bank robbery. It is, I crack up doing the research and then um, telling the story. Because honestly, the things that happen in these experiences or episodes is, you can't make it up. I think that someone should make, I've said this before, um, Taylor Sheridan, who's written all of the... Um, Yellowstone and and all of those you know his backstory in the 1882. He's from Texas. I think he should do a, uh, a series on Wichita Falls because there's so much fodder here. It's not to be believed. Oh, absolutely. So Taylor Sheridan, Kevin Costner, if any of you guys from Yellowstone are listening, you know you've been close. You've been to Guthrie, Texas, where the four sixes are. <laughs> yeah. Why don't exactly. you mosey on over and talk to me and Debbie here once yeah. upon a time in Texas and. Yeah. Uh, your Wichita Falls. Well, okay, so here's a bunch so come of... Come on, Taylor. Here's some trivia. Trivia is... So on Yellowstone, the gentleman that plays the head of the Indian Reservation, uh, I forget oh, what they call him on the show. It's Rainwater or something like that. Right. Yeah. His name is Gil. Mm-hmm. He was my across-the-street neighbor. He was a foster kid at the family across the street from me my whole youth growing up in Covina, California. Really? Yes. And when I saw him on that show, I went, oh my God, I reached out to him and I'm really good friends. I mean, it just cracks me up how this just showed up just now. So my friend, um, who is his basic foster sister, her name's mm-hmm. Linda Siples, she followed her passion in life, which was to become a clown. So she does that all the time. Okay. But anyways, so we just reconnected. I mean, Linda's been connected with me the whole time, but um, so when... I started first watching Yellowstone. I reached out to Gil, because you know, you can reach out to anybody on Facebook, and just said, congratulations, because he has he wanted to be an actor his whole life. Right. It, was, it was really fun to watch, because he and um, one other kid 
were foster kids at Linda's family's house across the street, and they were troubled kids. They were troubled teenagers, and he just made such a great um, path for his life, and I just think that that's a testament to that anybody can do anything that they want. So now I'm going to get on a, you know, spiritual platform here for a second. Because you just can be anything that you want in your life. No, I'm going to cry. Because um, it's your choice. And so he chose. And look at where he is. I mean, he's starring in a show. He's a prominent character in that show with oh, Kevin Costner. And he was my neighbor. <laughs> that's cool. Well, and that's... And the show, and not to get into the show too much, but it's such an interesting... You know, Gil, or uh, and gosh, I wish I could remember his character's name. I watched the show. I but, know I can't remember the character. But anyway, name. yeah, he's he's head of the reservation there, and he's he's kind of good guy, bad guy. He gets to yeah. play both parts, mm -hmm. but he's the same character in the whole thing, so it's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, well, that's my California little, you know. Well, there you go. So a little segue into it. So okay, Gil. So if you're listening, Debbie lives here in Wichita Falls. We'd love to have you come visit. And yeah, maybe, I'll start just, here. maybe I'll reach out to him on Facebook. <laughs> say, look, he come on the podcast. Come, come meet the Michael Mitchell here in town. Yeah. So. Well, that's that's interesting. All right. Well, let's let's get into some of the uh, meat and potatoes. What we're going to talk about today. So misconceptions about Texas. Well, let me just tell you my favorite because I have so many. But the first one was when I moved here. Originally, I moved here in 1996 for the first time. Mm -hmm. I came here to visit my brother for an Easter vacation. He is retired from Shepherd, and I was staying in my little nephew's bunk bed. Now, let me tell you, a kid, I don't know, he's probably in third grade at that point. He was not totally enamored with the idea of his aunt being in his bedroom with him, but <laughs> any event. So I was already having trouble sleeping. But every night I heard this little voice say to me, um, move to Wichita Falls. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. This is not happening. I, I, there's no reason on hell I would move from California to here. But anyways, in two weeks after that, I was packed in a rider truck coming here. And so I lived with my brother for a little while before because I came with no job no car um, and no place to live and so I was continuing to stay in my poor little nephew's uh, bedroom which he just absolutely hated I assure you and he is a Gemini just like me and so Gemini's when they get together sometimes they are like oil and water mm -hmm. and so here he is this little punk ass sorry punk kid <laughs> that's all right and um, we would sit around at the dinner table because we always had dinner at the dinner table and we would chat and so somehow one evening the topic of texas being a country came into the dinner table conversation and okay. i never heard that before i knew texas was a state i'm from california we don't always get the best information there uh you know unbeknownst to most people and my little nephew just piped up and he said texas used to be a country and i said that's not true now you have to understand that when you have little Geminis running around together, I don't care if one's old and one's little, I can just argue and argue and argue. And so I'm arguing with this little well aware. <laughs> this little child about the fact that Texas is not a country, nor has it ever been. And unfortunately, I got to be, and this was sort of before, this was 1996, so there wasn't a lot of Googling going on. Right. Well, they went back to school, got their little books, and came to me the next night at the dinner table, and little Aunt Debbie had to eat crow like nobody's business. <laughs> I love it. Texas was a country, and sometimes I wish we were again, because 
we wouldn't have to put up with some of the USBS. Well, and I did. That's a rhyme. USBS. USBS. I like that. Ooh, I like. We might have to do something. We'll with have to that. put a bumper sticker. I like mm-hmm. that. Well, and so my first podcast was about the six flags over Texas mm-hmm. and what those were. And, and you're right. You know, it was a country. Or your nephew was right. I yeah, he it was. was right. It was mm-hmm. its own country for a while. Um, and actually, there's some argument whether it was actually seven flags over Texas, because mm-hmm. there was the Republic of the Rio Grande, which is pretty See, I didn't really get into all that minutia with him. Yeah. It was just the fact that it was a country, and that Six Flags is actually also an amusement park. Right. <laughs> so Exactly. And we have, um, it was, it's a version of Six, or it's part of the Six Flags thing, but it was called Magic Mountain in California. Yes. Even yeah. though it was Six Flags. Yeah. And so I didn't ever, I never put any of that together. I mean, that was just six, like it was an amusement park. Right. Which yeah, Texas, exactly. Texas is actually an amusement park, if you think it, about it. It can be. Well, and then my second podcast, I talked about, uh, I'd heard some people in uh, in line talking about, you know, politics a little bit. And by God, just like you said, by God, Texas just ought to become its own country again. You know, we can do that. And yeah. of course, these two old men, you know, they're spitting out the facts on how we can. And, and really, we can't. But a lot of them will say... Well, the reason we can secede and no other state can mm-hmm. is because we were um, we were not ratified into the union. We were annexed, mm-hmm. which I, don't know, I, I didn't get into the, the details on what that means, but a lot of people will say that. We were annexed in. We weren't ratified like every other state. Yeah. Well, that's also not true. California was actually annexed. I believe it was California well, you know, we and had Hawaii. All these, well, other than Hawaii, but um, California and Mexico got annexed from, I mean, California and Texas got annexed from Mexico, right. which is where I'm now trying to get to. Right. And then know. they annexed themselves from Spain way back, you know, years ago. And so, yeah. All right. So, uh, so misconception was... Uh, well, the Texas, I never, I never even imagined that Texas had been a country. And right. so clearly I was, I thought I had firm footing when I was having that argument with this little child. But, um, you know, so I'm, I'm, uh, you know, been around for over a half of a century. So I've seen a lot of things in California about Texas, starting with, oh, I don't know, the JFK shooting. I mean, oh, yeah. I was, I'm a little kid. I think I was eight at that time. And... I mean, everybody knows when they were, everybody that's alive during that time remembers where they were. Right. And I was, uh, I think, I don't know, was it third grade, fifth grade? I can't remember exactly. But so, you know, here I hear about this place called Dallas. Like, who don't want to go there. Right. They shoot presidents. Right. Right. So, I mean, the, the whole notion of Texas from my childhood perspective was, you know, it was everything's bigger in Texas and all of that, but it didn't have any real attractiveness to me. Gotcha. And then, you know, growing up in twenties and thirties, I don't know when this when Dallas came out, the show Dallas. But oh my goodness gracious, I've always loved a good uh, soap opera, even nighttime, Absolutely. daytime, it doesn't matter. So all I could see was the uh, Ewing Ranch, which <laughs> and Jr. Who I just adore. <coughs> Um, and Sue Allen and, yep. and Pamela, all of that stuff. And then when I finally moved here in 1996, I got to go to that Ewing Ranch. It's actually here. Yeah. If you've ever, you know, not been there or know that you could go there, it's a tourist attraction. And it seems really super tiny. But all of those things were just sort of um, visions of what I thought Texas was about. I didn't, I didn't necessarily think that there was that everyone wore, wore cowboy boots. I thought that 
you know, given the Dallas thing, that there was just people were rich. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, they were all rich, and I thought, well, this is fantastic. And the oil, and you know, then in the what is it, eighties or nineties, Enron. Yep. So yeah. There's just Enron. so much money in Texas. Right well, now, you said so. You said a funny one. So everybody. Uh, of course, I used to work for the Boy Scouts. You knew this. Mm-hmm. And so with the Boy Scouts, obviously, we have lots of military people that come in. You know, I was in San Angelo for a while, so Goodfellow Air Force Base. And then here at Shepherd, and it was interesting. We'd get these new yeah, volunteers, these new adult leaders that would come in, and they go, "No, n- not everybody's wearing boots and cowboy hats. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you know. You know, so it's kind of funny that people actually come here and think, you know, well, if you're in Texas, you have to own a pair of cowboy boots and a cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I've got cowboy hats, and I, I use them. You know, they're great sun protection, you know. And I've got a friend, uh, Jimmy Smith, out in Burke Burnett, that he's actually well-known. He's got one of, it's basically a sombrero, but it looks mm-hmm. like a giant cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. And I said, why do you wear that stupid thing? And he goes, well, yeah, he used to own his own concrete business. He said, I'm outside in the sun all day. Mm-hmm. And he said, I got tired of just my head and neck being shaded. Mm-hmm. So I went and found this giant cowboy hat, and I wear it everywhere. <laughs> and now everything is shaded. <laughs> and so... Well, I learned right away that that is, you know, that actually that there were women that, women in Texas, the thing that I noticed when I, when I got here and it sort of went along with the Dallas uh, perception, the Dallas, the show, the perception was they would dress up for things. Just, they don't do it as much now as they did back in the 90s. No, they get, they they get gussied up. They get gussied up. You know, their hair, it's, uh, you know, that whole thing, it's your hair is big, closer to God, all that good stuff. <laughs> but I do know. See, I can go right into that drawl. People, once I lived here and I moved back to California, they say, you from Texas? I'm like, well, I used to be for a minute. Um, the first thing you have to learn, though, when you come to Texas, you have to learn some Texas slang. All right, so give me an example. Well, y'all, first y'all? of all, if you don't know how to say y'all and understand what it means and know that there's a plural of y'all, which is all y'all, right. you might as well just, you know, hang up your hat and know that you're not from here. Now, I'll, let's specify that, though. So that's y'all is a conjunction, meaning you all. And typically that's up to, generally considered y'all will cover three to four three people. Three to four, yeah, I'd say three. And if, if you're talking to a larger group, group. than three to four, all, all y'all. y'all right? So all y'all, okay, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. All right, so well, what else? So I'll remember that I probably was, I started a mortgage company when I got here. And uh, my, I was working with people in Dallas, and I had a gentleman call me on the phone one day. I've been here probably literally six months, so I still talk very Californian. And this old boy says to me, stops me mid sentence. He says, "Ma'am, you're not from here, are you?" And I said, "No, sir, I'm not." And he says, "You know why I know that?" And I said, "No, I do not." And he says, "Because you say dog." instead of dog. Dog. He says, if you're going to say dog, it's D-A-W-G. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I thought, well, that is really something. So, you know, if you really want to start to become part of Texas, and I don't know that it's so much that anymore in the Austins and Houstons and San Antonios because we have such an influx right. of these crazy Californians. But here, the locals will just call you out. And... <laughs> And so I said, well, that's nice. The other, the other term that I really love, and I talked about this on a video early on, is bless your heart. Bless your heart. Because, yes. you know, if you're not from this area, you think bless your heart is actually uh, a blessing of some kind. Well, and it can be. It can be. 
But, but, it, but it mostly isn't because most of, especially because women are the ones that usually say it. Men, yep. don't, men don't usually say, bless your heart. Stuff like, oh, that's, that is the ugliest baby I've ever seen. Bless, bless its heart. Bless your right? heart. But you got to have that really elongated. Yeah, bless your bless heart. Bless your heart. <laughs> you know? so, and that's a, that's a fun one, though, because I, I love that one because, you know, you could, you know, Oh, Mike, I was in a car wreck. Oh, bless your heart. Are you okay? Yeah. You know, and so that could be a... It could be. It could be a, you know, but most of the time it's used, man, she did not marry well, bless her heart. But he is can, dumber than a box of hair, bless his heart. You know, Texas women really have a unique talent to say it so that... It reminds me of... I dated this uh, Jewish boy years ago, and his mother, if you've never met a Jewish mother... She can stab you in the back, and you think that she's just giving you honey. Yeah, I mean, make it, you feel good about it. And, and it's just the way <laughs> that a woman in Texas is. Yep. Oh, darling, that's too bad that that man left you. Bless your heart. Exactly. Like, like you were so dumb that you stayed with him. I mean, that's what she's really saying. So you have to sort of read between the lines. It's almost like getting an education in psychology but, but to deal with Texas women. Oh, they're polite. It's polite. very polite. Oh, and yeah. then you kind of walk away. And, and it most of the time, especially with older, more practiced people using mm -hmm. bless their heart, bless mm -hmm. your heart, you know, you, you walk away feeling good. And then it's it's about 20 miles down the road in the car. You kind of go. You're, you're pulling the knife out of your back. Yeah. I, gosh, I <laughs> I think they were insulting me, but I'm not really sure. I, I may need to phone a friend and see. <laughs> but it's, and normally, uh, I would say that normally when they say that, like, uh, they're pretty spot on though, too. Yeah. Like, when you think about it, you're like, huh, well, maybe I was being stupid or mm -hmm. whatever. Maybe mm -hmm. I shouldn't have stayed with that guy as long as I did. That's right. <laughs> I love that. You know, and I don't know why this, well, I do know why, because you were talking about being from California and all the Californians moving here. Do you remember, uh, I think it was Pace Picante mm -hmm. Sauce? Mm -hmm. They had those commercials in the 90s. Oh, yeah. And it was the, uh, what kind of sauce is this? They were like cowboys know. sitting around. Yeah, it was cowboys sitting fire, around. Fire, uh, campfire. Yeah, campfire, you know. Mm -hmm. And, of course, when you're out cowboying around a campfire, of course, mm -hmm. you always bring along a glass jar full of, you know, mm -hmm. full of full of salsa because glass jars do so well out on the trail and on horseback. Mm -hmm. But anyway, yeah, they're, they're looking at it, and it, it's not paste picante. Yeah. And they're looking at this salsa, and they go, where was this made? And the guy says, California. And another uh -huh. guy says, get a rope. Yeah. You remember that one? <laughs> sort of. We, say, we used to say that all the time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, bless your heart, y'all. I love those. And then there's... Uh, Oh, let's go back to the misconceptions because I think I want to do a podcast later on slang, slang, mm -hmm. yeah, type stuff. Good slang, mm -hmm. I guess. Good slang, but yeah, misconceptions. So uh, a lot of folks assume that Texas is nothing but you know cowboys, oil wells, and and cows. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and I don't know if you know this. I assume you do. You've traveled around quite a bit, but uh, I think there's there's either five or six, and, and Texas Monthly normally hasn't broken out, but like five or six eco-regions mm -hmm. in Texas. And then, of course, those are split down. And I may be off on my numbers, so if anybody's listening, I did not do the research on this, but I know there's a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's tons of biodiversity. I mean, you get from out in Amarillo, you've got pronghorn antelope and mule deer. You go down into uh, far west Texas, down around El Paso, like you're getting into that very uh, desert. I mean, El Paso uh, all the way over to Fort Stockton is like the northernmost point of the Chihuahuan Desert. And so, and then you go over to East Texas where the trees are just gorgeous. I mean, you just feel, I mean, you're in the woods. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, down on the coast. And so, um, 
you know, did you have a little bit of that conception? I knew you traveled a little bit as a kid, but did you have some of that misconception that cowboys and oil wells and ranches everywhere? No. I, like I said, I think it was mostly Dallas and okay, that. But I will say that uh, it was, wow, it was in the early 80s, I think. I was, my brother was in the Air Force and his, um, what do you call it, basic training was in Biloxi, Mississippi. Okay. So he wanted me to drive his car. It was uh, some sort of <clears throat> a wedge car, like a TR something or other. And so <laughs> okay. it was his pride and joy. So right. he wanted me to drive it from California to um, to Biloxi. And I hit, I mean, I had the whole thing a little mapped out where I'm going to go and right. you've got to drive through Texas. On, on, a, on an old paper map, of course, right? Not, oh, yeah, yeah, no. There was yeah, no not such, Google Maps. There was no such thing as that. Yeah. So <laughs> Life is so different. I thought... All I know is that there there seemed to be um, a difference in geographics as you went through because I went across Texas. I don't even know. I went to the uh, 66, I think. So we're a higher up because I went through a Flagstaff. Okay, yeah. But driving through Texas, I thought, when does this state end? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> so my conception about <coughs> Texas very early on was it was... It was like, it, I thought it was two days that it took me to get through there. It was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. And I thought, I will never go back to that place. Well, I ended up living here twice, but. Nice. It is, it's got so much amazing um, diversity. You can have lakes, you can have the coast, you can have, as you said, East Texas. You can, I mean, it's just, anybody that thinks that it's just dry and tumbleweeds is really not paying very it's much attention. Crazy, yeah. They need to do a little more research, which yeah. is easier now, of course, because yeah. of Google. But exactly. So, and it's funny you say that because uh, I, my little sister went to medical school in Des Moines, and mm -hmm. she was, uh, she went to UT. She had taken a job at uh, Brooks, Brooks Army Base, uh, it's Brooks something Army mm -hmm. Base, um, doing medical stuff at uh, in San Antonio. So she's living down there. Um, she's got a boyfriend, which is now her husband, uh, and he still had a job there. And they were trying to work out, you know, getting him up to Des Moines. And uh, so anyway, she calls me up. She said, hey, big brother, can you come, can you help me move? And I'm like, well, sure. And so I left here in mom's Jeep. She had a Jeep Grand Cherokee at the time. Drive all the way to San Antonio, which is like six hours from here, yeah. six, six and a half hours. I load her up and then I said, well, which way we're going to go? And, you know, and she goes, well, we're going to go up through here and, you know, on up to, you know, Dallas and then Oklahoma City and on up into Kansas. And I do remember thinking, holy crap, it's taken us forever to get mm -hmm. out of Texas. And when you start in Texas and it takes you forever, man, it feels like Oklahoma just blew right on by and then yeah. you're in Kansas, you just blow on by and then you get into, um, you know, the bottom part of Iowa or mm -hmm. Missouri, whatever we went across, I don't remember, but, um, you know, and of all the funny things, and, and you may laugh at this, you may not, I don't know, we see this light. So we're getting into Des Moines. We leave real early in the morning in San Antonio. We drive straight through. And we're in Iowa somewhere. And we see this light. It's like, has the mothership landed in Iowa? Like, what's going on? We see this light. And as we get closer, it's kind of this moving type light. And then we get a little closer, and it's a uh, it's a casino. <laughs> and they've got this giant, I swear, at, at night, we were both tired. It seemed like this 100-foot, and it's like this neon Mexican with the sombrero oh, and everything waving. And he's all dressed up like in cowboy garb and everything. And I thought... Of all the things that I thought I would see in Iowa, that's not it. 
you know? <laughs> so anyway. I thought it was going to be a flying saucer. Yeah. Well, it was like a, oh, oh shoot, what do they call the the cowboy that waves at the state fair, the Texas State Fair? I don't know. Shoot, he's got a name. Anyway. But yeah, it was kind of like that, but like way bigger. Yeah. So anyway. Well, so, so yeah. I did think cowboys um, were... That you well, I actually owned a horse in California for a period of time, so I always thought rodeos would be the thing. And so when I came to Texas, I was all about going to a rodeo. Right. First, we had a, a kind of rodeos with, um, you know, various competitions and that sort of thing. But I figured I wanted to go to a real Texas rodeo here. Absolutely. Uh huh. So um, this is this is twenty five years ago. So. I'm telling on myself and I went with some friends that were friends of my brother uh, and his wife and they decided that we were going to which I thought was hilarious because I figured if you're gonna go to a rodeo real cowboys are gonna have real drinks mm-hmm. so I get to this rodeo and all these people that I'm with and their group of people are having some kind of weird wine coolers I thought what kind of cowboys drink wine coolers <laughs> like Bartles and James just like like we, little, we thank you for your support. Those little pink, pink drinks and stuff. And I thought, oh my God, this is, you know, I'm going to have to show, I'm going to have to school you, right? Because I've watched Dallas. Right. You know, they drink whiskey and stuff. And so someone had some rot gut tequila. Mm-hmm. It was so rot gut, it was a gallon of it. So you can imagine. And nice. the only thing to drink out of were red Solo cups. Of course. Well, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but in any event... I said, you know, I'm going to have a drinking competition with somebody because this wine cooler thing is just not for me. <laughs> <laughs> we used to, uh, so fun story growing up, I'll, I'll tell you this one. And and I know some listeners, they know me as younger. So we have this big rodeo in, in Henrietta where mm-hmm. I grew up mm-hmm. called Pioneer Union. It's a oh, big yeah. deal. Right. It's like, I don't know, I think it's on its 89th or 90th year this right. year. Well, as a kid, everybody used to party out in the parking lot, kind of somewhat during the rodeo. And then um, they would go to the big dance after the rodeo, which is normally, you know, 10, 10.30, and they would do the big dance until like 2. Well, the nice thing was, as a kid who could not purchase beer, everybody had a cooler in the back of their truck. Mm-hmm. And so we had a friend, and I won't say his name, but we had a friend that said, hey, I'm going to go around and uh, steal some beer. And at that time, of course, I was Boy Scout and all that stuff. I said, hey, not, you're not stealing. You're just procuring. <laughs> we... We kind of looked at it as it was a service because, mm-hmm. you know, that would be less that these people were drinking, mm-hmm. you know, driving home drunk. And so he goes around and he finds this one particular brand of beer and he's just grabbing all of it he can. And he mm-hmm. grabs probably 18 beers. Mm-hmm. And my friend's got an old 69 three-door Suburban. And so this other friend takes and he stashes all this beer under the front seat. Because, of course, we had to hide it, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was staying the night at this this friend's house that had the, the three-door Suburban. And his dad wasn't big on us drinking, as most parents are, you know, when you're 15, 16, 17 years old. So they go off to church the next morning. We did not go. And he said, by God, I think we need to have a beer with lunch. Yeah, I think we should. He goes out. Every bit of beer that he had gone and procured Mm -hmm. was O'Doul's non-alcoholic beer. (laughs) We were so mad at him. But, uh, yeah. So that's the last time we had him. Procure, procure beer, beer. Yeah. yeah. So it was a lot of fun. Though. I mean, but that was so cool growing up there. I mean, the parade is huge. Mm-hmm. And then you got to ride your horse in the parade. And I think I was a freshman in high school that I actually walked the parade route like seven times. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in a small town, you know, you go through with the band. Yeah. And then you go strip off your band uniform 
and you hop in with the Cub Scouts and walk through. And then you put on your Boy Scout uniform and jump in with them, walk through with them. And then, you know, and then you're on the parade float for, mm-hmm. you know, the freshman class. And then, um, and then of course the final. It's like this long. Yeah. I mean, seriously, there's, if you really watch it, there's like 80 people, but they just rotate yeah, through, right. you know. Um, just yeah. costume changes. Yeah. It just costs you. And you have to plan out, you know, like, ooh, am I going to be able to be on that float? Because, you know. Because I'm not sure I'm going to get done yeah, with the parade route <laughs> and get back in time. And then, of course, the final in the Pioneer Union Parade is everybody rides their horses through. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you have to go back and slap on your chaps and stuff really quick and jump out and, you know, jump on your horse and, you know, play cowboy. <laughs> and so it was a lot of, it was great growing up. I'll tell you, it's a great place to grow up. Uh, mm-hmm. Got to ranch, um, you know, got to work cattle and all that stuff. I've, I've been bucked off and kicked and rolled over, you know, with horses. And I'll tell you, if, if you're ever going to own anything again, I'll tell you, four-wheelers, they don't eat when they're sitting in the barn, and they don't usually tend to buck you off. <laughs> so, yeah, you know. And so, but it, it was a lot of fun. It was definitely it was definitely very uh, idyllic, I guess, growing mm-hmm. up, kind of in this culture. I didn't own a pair of tennis shoes pretty much all the way through high school. I had tennis shoes and hiking boots. Mm-hmm. So I had hiking boots for when I was doing Boy Scout stuff and and regular cowboy boots for, I'm sorry, I said tennis shoes and hiking boots. Cowboy boots and hiking boots. That's all I had. Even in gym class where, you know, they would just send us out to go walk around the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we did. Mm-hmm. You know, and the coach would always have a golf cart. Yeah. You know, because the coaches wouldn't walk. Mm-hmm. But they would watch us and I'd just put on my cowboy boots mm-hmm. and I would go walk for gym class. And they're like, doesn't that hurt your feet? I said, no, man, these are my cowboy boots. They're uh-huh. comfortable. <laughs> so, did you all hunt? We did hunt some, so not as much as we would have liked. That's uh, growing up. That's when, um, that's when they started doing the whole leasing land, mm. you know, and they would lease it by gun. And being, you know, here in Wichita Falls and Henrietta, being in that proximity to Dallas Fort Worth, mm-hmm. it's hard to compete for us, you know, because at the time those guys were paying a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a gun to come lease a property for deer season or turkey season or whatever oh. well you got a bunch of kids you know we we couldn't afford that mm-hmm. and so we uh we did at the time we owned 310 acres um just down the road from my from where my folks live and we would go dove hunting and stuff like that but Dove hunting. Dove hunting. Okay, here's a really cool story. All right, let's hear it. So when I get here, it's 1996-ish, 97 maybe at that point. And this is in the day of the facts, right? We, I mean, we had email. but So I got this little notice from these people that I was doing business with in Dallas. This fax says, dove hunting and a date and come and enjoy and whatever. It was going to be free to me. Right. And I thought, this sounds like something really fun. I'm going to get out of town. And the California girl and me thought it was like an Easter egg hunt. <laughs> we are going to go find some doves. Right? So nice. I called my guy up. He's my little account executive. And I said, oh, just make my reservation. I want to come. I think this is so exciting. And he says to me, because I can hear this dead silence, like, how do I tell her this? He goes, do you know what this is? And I said, yes, we're going to go find some doves. And he says... <laughs> We're going to go shoot some ducks. <laughs> I said, okay, never mind. I love it. So, you know, the thing is, is that when you get here, especially if you're from California and you, you know, are not paying very close attention. Of course, back then we didn't have the internet. I mean, we had the internet, but nobody used it for right. the purpose. Right, not like it is. Yeah. You, you weren't on your phone Googling every question that your friend has during uh, 
uh, the bar night. Right. right so, right. but it was, I, I just thought that was so hilarious. I'll never forget that. I really, truly thought, you know, maybe bird watching of some kind. We're going to go find <laughs> just these go doves. Rustle them up rustle in the bushes, the right? Doves, right? That's awesome. I love said, that. No, we're going to go shoot them. I'm like, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> well, okay. And a total side note, and we're getting kind of the, we're running a little long. That's okay. Um, so, did you know, like, we have a world famous dove hunt just south of us? In no. Alney, Texas, they do the one-armed dove hunt. So everybody has to put an arm behind their back? No, it's a, it was started, I think, and again, I haven't done all my research, but I remember hearing about it, basically uh, soldiers that had lost their arms mm-hmm. or fingers or limbs of mm-hmm. some sort. This was a way to get them out, get them dove hunting, things they used to do, mm-hmm. um, you know, before they were injured in the military. And so that's kind of a, it's a big deal down mm-hmm. around Alney, Texas. Yeah. And so, you know, you hear one-armed dove hunt and, you kind of go, huh? Well, that's well. That's why I thought maybe you'd have to right, yeah, time your behind your back. Or it's like uh, what's his name, Prince uh, Harry, with the Victus Games. Oh you know, yeah, so he's yeah, trying yeah. to help people. You know, I mean, it's just it's good to have uh, experiences if you've got challenges in life that you feel um, empowered. So gotcha. a one-armed dove hunt. Not that I'm into killing doves, but you know that would be great for people that have experienced it. I hey, think. there's there's a lot of people that like it. I went out and did it, and it's it's a whole lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, for not much meat. Oh yeah, you exactly. That's you what get about as much meat to fill up a good saltine cracker, and it's like, man, that was a whole lot of work. I guess if you go out and shoot a bunch of them, but yeah, we were never that good. Yeah, uh, and mostly it was just us in high school mm-hmm. out screwing off with guns and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, well, they shoot a lot of hogs here too. So we do, but that wasn't a thing when I was a kid. We didn't really? have a hog problem when I was a kid. Really? Because that, now they'd have a terrible problem. They it's have a terrible. Whole, they have a whole department in the state. Yeah. For keeping these under control. That's that is something that has really exploded since kind of the mid nineties. The hogs are a real problem. Yeah. We were, I was out at uh, our the local Boy Scout camp this weekend mm-hmm. doing some work mm-hmm. and they came through between Saturday and Sunday night. There were some hogs that came up off the Red River that really Yeah. I mean, they just destroyed probably a full half acre. Yeah, they're aggressive. They are. They are. I've heard I haven't seen them me personally, but I've seen photos that other people have taken that are hogs in the middle of Missile Road out by where I live by the base. I yep, mean, they, absolutely. And so if, you, if you're from Wichita Falls, or I mean, if you're not from here and you move here, especially if you're military and you come into the PCS up here and you see a hog outside on Missile Road, you're not, uh, you're not, it's not a mirage. It's a real thing. Yeah, and don't go try to pet it. No, do they're, not. They're mean. They're mean as all they're get They're mean, out. yeah. They will tear you up. Well, let's kind of land this plane a little bit because okay. we usually keep it around 30 minutes and we're... We're closer to 40, but all right, so go ahead and tell me, uh, Wichita Falls Community Ambassador Debbie, tell us about, um, one more time about your group, your YouTube, tell us where we find those, where all of my thousands of listeners, listeners, yeah. Wichita Whispers is on Facebook, and all you have to do is type in Wichita Whispers. Now, you will see some copycats for that group because people, you know, they say, uh, um, what do they call it? I'm not something, copying. Copying is the sincerest form of flattery. That's not what they say. Copy, I'm using the word. But anyways, and you'll just know it because it's the one with 24,000 members. So if you see a copycat, keep on moving. Um, the YouTube channel is your Wichita Falls. Okay. So that's always got good information. And I'd love it if everybody would subscribe because I'm trying to get up there in monetization. Just that makes me feel better, not because I'm making any money. And uh, I'm on my uh, YouTube page. It's got all my contact information. Or on Wichita Whispers, you can get with me. So I don't give people my contact information necessarily because everybody can find me 
Right. And uh, I would love to um, help anybody with any real estate needs that they need, whether you're an investor or first-time home buyer or anything in between, because that's that's how I roll. Awesome. Okay. Uh, and of course, if you decide you want to get a hold of Debbie or if you want to send suggestions for not only Once Upon a Time in Texas, if you want to send suggestions to uh, um, through me to Debbie, you're welcome to do that for your Wichita Falls. So if you're from here local, um, send that to me. Find me at my website at themichaelmitchell.com. And of course, if you're looking for uh, a realtor, Debbie's almost always available. Um <laughs> But she's a pretty good one here in town. She does a great job, makes the magic happen. Um, so she can help you with that. We can help you with a mortgage anywhere in the state of Texas. Just give us a shout, themichaelmitchell.com. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Do you have anything else to add, Debbie? I always end all my videos with, and for those of you that watch the Beverly Hillbillies, you'll understand this, but some of you don't remember it or weren't born. But y'all come back now, you hear? Y'all come back now, you hear? I love that. And so the way I end these podcasts is always... The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. There you go. We can even teach California <laughs> girls something. All right. Y'all have a great day and uh, send me those suggestions. Let me know what else you'd like to hear about. Have a good one.